happy Monday. Happy Monday to you and 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 you. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entry. We are covering 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, the new season, season four, episode one, To Love and Be Wise. Uh, shout out to the live chat. I'm going to do some housekeeping stuff. I'm going to try to tighten it up a little bit. Bottom of the screen so you can, you can see where you can support the show. Please, uh, if you feel led, support the show. Uh, as well as in the uh, description, you'll see all the things that we are up to in the melanated way. That being said, you guys, I don't have a red flag, but I have a red marker and I have a red pen and I'm waving them. I'm waving them because this season was only episode one and I'm already waving my red pen and markers, which means I'm waving the red flag. There are red flags all over the place, all over the place, all over the place. You guys, you know what? I'm so far in. I'm it's I'm too far gone. Literally, I'm too far gone. I'm so in 90 Day Fiance that this season, the first thing I want to say is that I definitely am going to be learning a lot. So I want to say off the jump, I don't know enough about like the transgender community and all of that stuff. So if I say something that is like, you know, not appropriate, then just teach me because I have, I literally have no idea. I'm like learning as I go. And there's so much that they dropped in this one first episode. I was just like, Oh Lord. Um, and the second thing is I have a question of the day because if you watch my show, and you've watched it regularly, you already know how I feel about this. But I want to know what you guys think. So the question of the day is, could you marry someone you've never met in real life within a week of seeing them in person? So let's say you've been in this relationship online for like six months, a year, however long, and then you're finally going to meet them for the first time and you're going to marry them within a week of meeting them. Could you do that? Let me know in the live chat if you're watching the replay let me know in the replay, but there's some things happening here, you guys. Some things. What up, April? Dasha, Crystal. Hey, Crystal. Hey, girl. Hey. Uh, Raydella, Natata, all y'all. What up? Hey, Carol. So listen, question of the day. Could you marry someone you've never met in real life within a week of seeing them in person? That is my question of the day. So let's jump right into it. Uh, I'll leave the question up there. <laughs> Y'all, this show is wild. Okay, so we first meet Chris. Now, Chris is 40, right? And she is living in Haleyville, Alabama. And I have never been to Haleyville, Alabama. But I will tell you that she said there are 3,000 people that live there. I swear there were 3,000 people in my high school alone. So I can only imagine that everyone's up in everyone's business. Plus, y'all, it's the Bible Belt. And I already talked about the Bible Belt and all the things, all the things. Uh, Annie says, yeah, she could in her younger days. Yes, yeah, she could. Crystal says, no. Laura says, never. I need to see how they treat people, not just me, but people they don't want anything from. <sighs> and April says, people lie too much. You have to have time to observe them. That part. That part. That part. Hey, Begetch. So 
Now, I already knew you guys in the first five minutes that this this season was going to be off the chain. Because I don't know about y'all, but they just kept dropping these golden nuggets left, right, and center. So let's talk about them. So first, Chris, who's 40, first golden nugget, she comes out of her house to go get her mail in a tutu and a fairy outfit, skipping to her mailbox. I was like, wait a minute. Is this how y'all is this how y'all gonna introduce her? So that I'm already gonna think, oh, she's a character off the bat. A character off the bat. And I was like, also, too, do you kind of have to be a character to be on these shows? Because then it really reminded me of Ella when Ella had like, I, I think she's into, I don't know, like, I don't know, witchcraft or whatever, or what is it called? Where you do all the stuff. That's what that reminded me of. And it also reminded me of uh, 90 Day Fiance UK, uh, where one of the cast members was like totally into anime, that whole thing. Like, it's a whole thing. Yes. Yes. Yes, Laura. Like that. Like it was giving Big Ed and Ella vibes. Like you're just into all of this other stuff, which is fine, right? Cosplay, you're into it. Cool. So she came out. And then we find out besides like the fairy and tutu stuff and like, don't forget the background you guys. Cause the background is that she lives in a town of 3000 people on the Bible belt in the United States. So <clears throat> she comes out in this tutu outfit. Then she tells us that she's like all into dressing up with unicorns and costumes. Oh, but by the way, she also has two kids a 23-year-old and an 18-year-old. And oh, by the way, she's been married two times. But she's never been happy in any of her relationships. And she's been, it's like raised her kids as a single mo mom for many years. So, you know, shout out to her for, for doing that. Cause it's, you know, it's a job and it's not really that easy. So we find out all of that in the first five minutes. Never been happy in a relationship, single mom, dresses up, cosplay, married two times, two kids. And then she says that she finally met her soulmate. And her soulmate is Jamie, who she's never met in real life. And Jamie is a female. So this is gonna not, who is from Venezuela, but living in uh, Bogota, Colombia. And this is her first serious relationship. So this is where I first was like, oh, that's gonna be a red flag. Okay, why Why is it right, red flag? It's a red flag to me because, okay, so you're coming out of the closet, great. You're finding your happiness, great. You're thinking that you met your soulmate, even better. But you've never been in a same-sex relationship. And so you're not only in a same-sex relationship for the first time, serious one. Second, <clears throat> you've never met your partner in real life. Ooh, second red flag. Third, you're going to move, leave your children and your job and your home and all the things to move to Columbia and marry her within the first nine days that you get there. I'm sorry. I do not have that type of faith. I, I just couldn't imagine. So then she goes on to say that one of the things that she's done in her her history, because um, it's a very conservative where she lives, is that she's gone off to a little bit of a bigger city, right? Birmingham, Alabama. And she'll go to a gay bar there. 
and, you know, let loose and, you know, but she never did it in her hometown because she grew up with believing that this was wrong. And she had a fear that, you know, if she was outed, she wouldn't be accepted in her community. All of those things are sad. So she's been miserable for years. So then we find out <clears throat> the lady that she's hugging is Jamie and they've been in a relationship for a year. Now, I use the term very loosely relationship because I, <clears throat> I do not believe that you can be in a relationship with someone like a, a romantic relationship with someone that you've never met. I just don't believe it. I think you could have online relationships. I think that, you know, you could have online friendships, but an actual relationship, I a romantic one, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And you'll never get me to believe it because anyone could be anyone. They could be anyone, which we're already learning in this very first episode. Chris and Jamie are already having problems and they never even met in real life, but they're soulmates. Like, how is that possible? Hey, Amanda. But so here we are. So she has met her soulmate, Jamie, but she hasn't met Jamie in real life, but she loves her so much that she's going to move to Bogota and she's leaving in a week. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, never golden nugget. So she's been living with her mom, with her two kids who are like grown, right? Star, the girl who's 23 and Dane, who's 18, right? So he's grown too, but they're all living at her mom's house because she's had some things that have happened to her in her life that, is forcing her to live with her mom right now. So kids come over and her kids are nervous about the move, obviously. And for me, it was, it, you know how when you're like, okay, you can tell this is a new season with new people because the, like the supporting characters are looking at their family members like they're wild and crazy. And that's exactly what Star and Dane were doing. They're like, you know, we don't understand. So like, what's the story? You arrive and then what happens? Within nine days, Chris in the pink is going to marry Jamie in the black, even though they've never met in real life. But nine days later, they're gonna walk down the aisle and they've like booked the, the space, the event space, the whole nine yards. And I can already tell you what's gonna happen right now, you guys. It's gonna explode in their face because they don't know each other. They've already had problems. Chris has ghosted uh, Jamie before. And Jamie's kind of like said, you know, F you and met someone else. So they've already been messy and they haven't even met. But it's a good idea for y'all to get married. Hmm, sounds interesting to me. Can't see how, can't wait to see how that pans out. So her daughter, the voice of reason, which reminded me, I don't know how long you guys have been watching 90 Day Fiance, but if you've been watching since Laura's season, um, it reminded me of Laura and her son, where her son was like looking at her like, what exactly is it that you're doing right now? I don't, I don't even understand this relationship. Same, same star, same. Star is like, so let me get this straight. You're going to go there. You haven't met in real life. And nine days later, you're going to get married. What if you don't like, you know, the way she sleeps or the way she does stuff, then you're stuck there. Then what? And Chris is like, well, you know, I just don't, I don't believe in that. I, 
you know, I have to go for it. I have to believe and trust that this is my soulmate. This is my time to shine. This is my time to be in love. And so I don't want to think about any of the what ifs. I'm just going to go with it because I truly believe she loves me. Okay. Um, Star's like, you know what? Uh, I get what you're saying. But I'm a, I'm not really an emotional person like that, she says. I look at the statistics. And then Star's like, and the st statistics don't look great to me. <laughs> oh, cracked me up. And so the other golden nugget we find out about Chris is that Jamie apparently had COVID six months ago and almost died and was hospitalized. And so Chris was sending her money because she couldn't work apparently. And, but that's another story that we're gonna talk about shortly. So that's how we get introduced to Chris. It was a whole lot, the first 10 minutes, I was like, wow, that is a whole lot of information. That's a whole lot of red flags. That's a whole lot of golden nuggets all within the first five to 10 minutes. Lord have mercy. This season is going to take us for a ride. Um, next up in who we met, we've met them before. And if you watched uh, Love in Paradise, that's where we met them. So Danielle and Johan, right? So Danielle, we know, we know that she went to the DR. She met you on a solo trip. She met Hey Cruz. Um, she met Johan, who was a personal trainer. And you guys don't think that I have not realized that there are two personal trainers up in this season and personal trainers just happen to have like a whole situation going on. The resort life we're going to talk about, the DR life we're going to talk about, how we learned about Sankey Panky, but we didn't really learn about it just in here. If you've been engrossed in the whole 90 day fandom, you know that Mama Karen already told us about Sankey Panky last season. We'll get to that. So Danielle is a New Yorker, love hate relationship, right? She says with New York, she says it's like her toxic boyfriend. She knows she loves the energy. She loves the people, but she's frustrated by the traffic, uh, how dirty it is, how expensive it is to live there. And everything is really a struggle. Now, listen, y'all, uh, I love New York City. I love New York City. Uh, I had an opportunity to move there and I didn't take it. And sometimes I think about that. I think I should have probably taken that because I think I would do well in the concrete jungle and that whole thing. But Danielle's lived there for 15 years. And I think also, too, she's in a different place than Johan is, right? The 10-year age difference is not that big of a difference. But Danielle's already established herself in her career and what she does. And I feel like Johan is still trying to find out, you know, who he is in his career life, right? Let's go, Mets. Um, so I just think that that's going to be their biggest issue besides some other stuff. So she feels like she's been on the grind this whole time. Right. And she's tired of it. She's tired of the New York grind and just squeaking by. And even though she has a yoga and wellness business, she also has to have a side hustle or another job. And she's a teacher. Right. And so 
she just wants to have a simpler life. And I think she wants to just be more Zen and more like in tune with herself and life and beautiful things. Just kind of like, you know, how Darcy talks about how eat, pray, love. And I am one with the stars and I'm chasing the prize and I have the eye on the prize. You know, Darcy says all the words. I think Danielle actually lives that lifestyle with like the yoga and the practicing meditation and all of that stuff. Um, <clears throat> so we find out from her, which I don't think I remember, but at 21, she was a single mom. By 26, she was married. Her marriage only lasted six months. And after that, she had two living boyfriends that, you know, she claimed serious relationships with. And then that's it. So she was like, you know what? I'm done with dating. I'm done with all of that for a couple of years. And then finally, she was open to having love again, she says. So she went on this solar trip to the Dominican Republic and um, met Johan, who's 32, you see here, uh, who's a personal trainer, which we all knew if you watch Love in Paradise, and spent like a couple of days with her him went back and then came back on a second trip uh, about six weeks later. And he proposed to her that very first morning back from her second trip. Now, can we talk about this? So let me get this straight. You went to the Dominican Republic. You met someone on the tail end of your trip. And then you're like, oh, yeah. This is the one. And what do I tell you guys? What do I tell you guys? I tell you guys, you leave your vacay bays on vacay. Because I already see what's happening here. But I'm not going to say it yet. I'm just going to see how this pans out. But I already know that this is not looking good. This is not looking good. I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But this is not looking good. And even if you guys remember, I'm still like sketched out. And I know, you know, I interviewed Danielle. And, you know, I know that we all watched it in our, my Patreon and I think I just released it to you guys on YouTube as well. But I'm still sketched out by the wedding. Like there were no real vows or ring exchanges, whatever. They just literally turned, said some words to each other. Boom, they were married, which just seems like so weird to me. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> April says, raise your hand if you've been proposed to in the DR, that part. <laughs> And Jasso says, same in Jamaica. So they spent two days together and then she came back and that very first day he proposed to her and she said yes. And then, so she goes back to New York, comes back five months later and then they get married. So technically they have not spent a lot of time together, you guys, they have not. And they both are on different paths, but this is what I wrote down and highlighted because it's really important for us to remember. Johan literally says, quote, every Dominican wants to go to the U.S. Okay. Now let me pull this down because I need you guys to see my face. If you guys have not learned anything from the Chantel and Pedro situation where Mama Karen was calling this out from way back in when before they even spin not spinned off. <laughs> even before they had their spinoff, she was telling Chantel, this doesn't look good. This doesn't look good. And the mom has a whole thing going down with the website and like harvesting the American dollar, all that stuff. And everyone 
gave Mama Karen a hard time. And it turns out Mama Karen was right about everything that she was saying. That's exactly what's going on here. Okay. So I want you to keep Pedro and Chantel in your minds because Pedro played the long game. And y'all can never tell me that he didn't play the long game on her because I haven't even dropped that T yet. I dropped it for my Patreon, but I haven't dropped it for everyone else. I've been meaning to, but I've been busy and I will. However, he played the long game. He got exactly what he wanted was, oh, the American dream. So let's go back to Johan. Johan literally says that every Dominican wants to go to the U.S. And Danielle's friends are trying to explain to her, listen, we're worried for you. We're worried that you're moving to the Dominican Republic. Have you ever heard of Sankey Panky? And I raised my hand. Yes, I have. I learned that from Mama Karen from the family Chantel. Okay. So I want you to think back how we met Pedro. How did we meet Pedro, you guys? Oh, did we meet Pedro? Because Oh, Chantel was on vacation in the Dominican Republic. Oh, and was Pedro working at a resort? Oh, hmm, that sounds so familiar. Let me look at what Sankey Panky means. Oh, well, a man who works at a resort looking for a tourist to come and provide them with goods, with money, with visas, and to take care of not only them, the person, but their entire family. Now, let's Take out Johan, insert Pedro. Oh my God, does that sound like the exact same situation? Oh, it does? Because it is. Now, here's the thing that's crazy to me. Here's the thing. Johan doesn't know that Danielle has switched it up. She's got a whole different plan uh, that works better for her. And he is about to get the shock of his life because him proposing to her after only knowing her for two days is more sanky panky and less oh my god i found my soulmate and i want to marry her and live here happily ever after because if indeed that's your soulmate then you don't care where you live which is another thing that i want to talk about with the whole like oh i never want to come back to the u.s you know the u.s is bigger than new york city but uh, that's that's another story so Danielle's friends are scared for her because, you know, is she making the right decision? Is she making the right decision? Let me know what you guys feel. Is she making the right decision by marrying him so quickly, upending her life, moving the Dominican Republic, even though she hasn't had a proper conversation with her husband saying that, hey, we're not coming back to the U.S. And oh, by the way, didn't file that, that spousal visa for you either, because guess what? We're not doing that. Oh, do I have my red pen still and my red marker? Yes, because red flags, red flags, red flags. Um, I definitely don't agree with you, Dasha. I definitely don't agree with you, but you're entitled to your opinion. And, and Dasha says, I don't see that with Pedro. I think he loved Chantel, but got tired of constantly being berated. 100% um, don't agree. I, I, I think he played the long game. Um, I'm not sure if you watched the news and gossip that I had in Patreon yet, Dasha, but I have a whole story, a whole situation. This fool has been doing the most and has been doing the most. And he had a plan. He had a plan. So that, I, I mean, that's it. That's it. 
And also, just because you have me thinking about it, Dasha, if he indeed really loved Chantel, then he would have been willing to go to couples therapy and actually work it out instead of saying, no, I don't want to do that and bouncing right away. So, no. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting a better life either, but it's wrong to use other people who may be desperate for love for that purpose. I have more to say about that another day. Jazla says, nothing wrong with having a dream to leave the DR about Danielle. Just stomped all over it. Um, I agree with you guys. Uh, April and Jazla, I think that everyone wants to have a better life. And I don't think that leaving wherever you are to have a better life, that is definitely not what I'm saying. Um, that's not what this is. That's what I'm saying. That is not what this is. Sorry, not sorry. That is not what this is. That is not what Chantel and Pedro were doing. That is not what Danielle and Johan are doing. And if indeed they were doing it, you guys, then they would have they would be communicating more freely. And Danielle wouldn't be hiding the fact that she has changed her mind. And he wouldn't get so pissed off that he's not coming to the US. So, so there's that. And I hear you guys in the live chat saying that Danielle stomped all over all over um, Johan's dreams. Uh, uh. How does she stomp on his dreams? Maybe I'll ask you guys that. Because if what you guys are saying is true, then his dream to have the American dream wouldn't necessarily mean to me that you meet someone and two days later, you propose because you want to come to America and you know that that's the easiest way for you to get to America. And you wouldn't literally say every Dominican wants to come to the U S for a better life. And if you remember last season where he was like, yeah, she doesn't care how much Danielle pays for everything. He wants to go U S and he wants to make sure that Danielle and him are both sending money to support his entire family and extended family. So there's all that, but I digress. Next up, um, this guy made me laugh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Rishi, Rishi, Rishi. Rishi, 32, um, from India. He loves his hair. He loves his hair. Did I tell you that he loves his hair? He loves his hair. And so like a lot of my fellow Black girls will know when we have wash day, it's a whole thing. It's a whole production. And yes, there's shampoo and conditioner and coconut oil and all the things. So for him, he has he does the the rice water shampoo conditioner, a wax, a coconut oil, an onion oil. And on his wash days, he spends an hour and a half doing his curly hair do and says that's his image. He's a personal trainer. Uh, he does, however, have a law degree, used to practice law, but hated it. Uh, also has a master's degree, but doesn't use that either. Instead, his passion is fitness. 
uh, and personal training. And because um, everyone tells him that he's so good looking, they say that he should be a model. He tried modeling and because he gets a lot of attention from women, boom, it took off. And now he's an international model slash fitness trainer um, who calls himself the Indian Jesus. Now, I just, you know, I want to keep an open mind, you guys. So I think I'll just say this. When he was washing his hair, and I mean, who am I to say? Because I'm looking at this photo, and the photo does look a little bit more luxurious and curly and all that stuff. But when he was washing his hair and drying it and showing us how he was like the Indian Jesus, it looked a little bit thin. It looked like there were some thinning parts going on, a little bit scraggly at the ends, but, you know, maybe he had not put in the coconut oil and onion oil yet, and that's what, like, you know, bounces those <laughs> Anywho, he met Jen, who you see in this picture, who's 46, who's from Stillwell, Oklahoma. Now she lives on a farm with her mom and her brother Charles and his wife Tara. And she feels like she's like more like uh I I love that you caught that, Joslo. Yes, my words, just like Soldier Boy. Um she feels so Jen feels like she's a nomad. Um, you know, she never wanted the traditional lifestyle where she got married, lived in the suburbs, had 2.0 kids, all of that stuff. She instead wanted to uh, live anywhere that she wanted to live and experience life that way. So uh, she ended up taking a solo trip to India and she met Rishi in the lobby and let him tell the story. It's totally different. Let her tell the story. It's totally different. According to her, she didn't like him at first because she thought he was a douchebag. And I would absolutely agree with her because here's what happened. They meet in the lobby. Think about it. You're on your international solo trip. You see this guy and he comes up to you, starts talking to you. And he tells you, A, he's, he is working at a modeling convention. Okay. Then not only does he tell you he's working at a modeling convention, he pulls out his model pictures for you to look at. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I would, that's a douche move in my opinion as well. But apparently, despite her thinking he was a douche, they became friends. They hung out like four or five times. Um, and then in that four or five times during the month, something changed. She decided that she was interested in him. He proposed to her and she said yes. And she hasn't seen him since the pandemic hit because, you know, borders were shut down. But now she is packing up and leaving her life on the farm in Stillwell, Oklahoma, to move to India in a week to be with him. Now, we meet her brother, Charles. And you guys, I don't know if you guys really paid attention to this. And I want to play it, but I don't want, I don't want YouTube to strike me. Will they strike me if I just play a voice memo? 
Does anyone know? I'll just do this. I'll play like the first five seconds of it. So. Keep an open mind. Let me just say that. I keep. Okay, let me do that again. Her brother Charles sounds exactly like Tim. Exactly like Tim. Like if you close your eyes and you listen to her brother Charles talk, he sounds exactly like Tim. It was freaking me out. I was like, wait a minute. Right, Laura? Tim, is that you? So Charles thinks that his sister Jen is making a big mistake and reminds her of all the crappy things that he's done. So you don't remember when he didn't respond to you and stopped calling you and was dodging your calls and you had to send these like really sad, pathetic video emails and or not emails, video messages to him where you felt like you were chasing him. And if it's not, meant for us to be then i understand and seems to me like you're pulling away from me and even though we've only spent four days together and after a month you proposed to me i said yes and I, even though i haven't seen you for two years our love is strong i'm gonna upheave my life and move to india to be with you because you were my soulmate Charles says, how many days have you spent with him in total? And she said, about 45 days in total. Charles is not having it. And again, that red flags left, right, and center. Christina says the audio went out, so production had Tim do a voiceover. Is that a true story? Is that a true story? Because that would make sense. It sounds too much like Tim, who is freaking me out. Anywho. I. What's the purpose? So I'm trying to think what I get what Johan's purpose is. I even get Jamie. I think, you know, I hate to say it, but I think Jamie's going to be scamming 100%. Like, I think that for someone who's never been in a relationship and then for your therapist to tell you that you're, you're a lesbian, but you don't realize it for yourself. I just think there's too many problems, too many red flags. All right, we're moving on to the next person that we meet. So next up, this episode is Gabrielle, who's 32, Margate, Florida. And uh, his opening scene was just like, let's just dive right in, shall we? So he's making penises. And he has a company called Get More Proud Gear. No, wait, Get More Proud Wear. And it is underwear for the 
for female to male transgenders who have not had their bottom surgery yet. Um, and so the underwear has like a bulge in them so that they can feel um, more, actually, I don't know if that to be true, but I would think it means that so that they can feel more like in tune with um, who they are, I guess. I don't know. Is that right? I don't know. So Gabrielle then explains that the reason why he started this whole thing is because for transgender female to male, they often have to wear what is called a packer. And the packer is a fake limp penis plus a harness to hold the fake penis in place. And then you put underwear. So it's a lot of work and it's very heavy. And that's why Gabriel came up with his get more proud wear, where it's underwear that he makes already has a built-in foam penis. And so he, you don't have to wear the harness and the fake penis and all the things. Um, because oftentimes for the transgender female to males, the packers fall out. And he gives an example of when he went swimming and his sock fell or was swimming one way and he was swimming another way. Um, and so the final product has the bulge already built into the underwear and he makes the packers himself so the packers are the is the foam part he makes them himself at his house but he gets his the underwear manufactured and that's how he met isabel because he was sourcing in colombia and they met at a mutual friend's house they had immediate chemistry um, and one of the things that I thought was interesting that he shared was she didn't know he was transgender right away. Um, and so they danced the night away. They had great chemistry, all the things. She said that she, uh, didn't have sex on the first day and he was fine with that because he had yet to, and I don't know if this is the right term, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, he had not come out to her as transgender yet. <sighs> Oh my God. Yes, April, please. So my son is AFAB. I can come on another day to talk about it. AFAB means assigned female at birth. Uh, April, yes, because I don't know enough about this. And I would love for you to come on and, and teach us some things. Uh, so whenever you're ready, hit me up. Hit me up, April. Hit me up in the DMs. Maybe next week we can we can talk about it. See, I just learned that. Did you even know that that was a word? AFAB. So Gabrielle would have been AFAB. Perfect. Even better, April. I'd love to. I can ask Taylor to pop in too. Amanda says we would so appreciate that, April. And Midwife Crystal says yes, yes. Okay, great. I feel better because... Uh, I was even talking to one of my faves before I came online here and I was just like, you know, I don't, I'm realizing watching this that I don't know enough about it and I don't want to offend anyone. 
Um, but I'm just speaking from what I know. And, and again, if you guys, you know, have more information, then just let me know in the live chat. And I promise you that I'm coming from a, a place of love and openness. I just don't know about all of this stuff. So it will be great to have April on the show and she can explain some things to us as we go through uh, the other way. So one of the th other things we learn about uh, Gabriel is he, during the pandemic, was really just trying to be positive and help people and uh, uplift people's spirits. So he would do like a one-man pride parade. Um, just to be like, you know, hey, especially for uh, transgender people, like just, hey, you're not alone type of thing, right? So <clears throat> he's in the middle of one of those and he's in one of his little boxers. He's like shirtless, tatted up, all the things. And he talks about, quote, once upon a time, I was a girl. Now I'm a whole man, a whole man. So he got his bottom surgery and he calls his bottom surgery Big Daddy Gabe. Um, and then talked about his journey. And his journey uh, is interesting because I think that as we progress in life, there are certain, like life just changes, the world changes, people's attitudes change and all the things. And so he talked about how feeling how he felt his entire life. He just, he didn't know how to put words to it. And so when he was 16, he came out as lesbian um, because he didn't know about transgender at the time. And so he was 22 when he was watching a video of a guy transitioning and he knew that he had to do that too. And he didn't, cause he didn't know that that was something that he could do. And Why, thank you, Kairi, if I'm saying your name right. I'm also trans. You can just say trans man instead of trans female to male. Well, thank you. I will do that. Um, so that's something that I just learned, right? So that's just something that I just learned. And I thought, you know what? It's true. As you go through life and people's attitudes and life changes and people become more open, you just, you just learn so much more. And so what Gabriel couldn't put his fingers on originally at 16 by 22, he's realizing that he was not alone and he was able to you know, go on social media or go online or wherever he saw this video and see, hey, this is someone that that is kind of going through what I've been trying to put my finger on all of these years. So I think for me, me, Linda, this is going to be a learning experience. And just like how Love in Paradise, I learned so much from that season um, that Valentine was on that this is going to be the same type of thing. It's going to be a learning experience. So I hope that TLC gives it the care that it deserves because, and I'm just going to be honest, for a lot of people, this is going to be the first time being introduced to the transgender community and what it's all about. And we'll be learning along with watching our favorite show. So I hope that they give it 
the care and attention it deserves so that we all walk away with a better understanding. We all walk away with some knowledge because you know what? Knowledge is power. And I think that when you know something, um, you feel more comfortable with it because you know it. And I, I just think that they could, they have an opportunity here to do some good. So let's hope that they do some good. So Gabrielle uh, has rented an apartment in Medellin, Colombia, and she's moved in. Isabel has moved in with him and now he's going to move there permanently so that they can all be together as one big happy family because, oh, guess what? She has two kids, which we'll talk about shortly. So he meets up with his friend Keon, who is his best friend, and we find out that Isabel's parents don't know that he's transgender. And he wants to tell her parents because the parents love him and have accepted him into their family. And the next move is like, hey, um, I want permission to marry your daughter because I love her and I want to be with her in the rest of her for the rest of our lives. So he is then going to now tell her parents in the same conversation that he's going to ask for their blessing for them to get married. <sighs> then we go back to Danielle. Is Gabe's friend also a trans man? Yes. And April says, I was happy they gave Gabe so much background for people to hopefully understand. I did cringe a little when he said he was a whole man because he had bottom surgery. Uh, April, I said that too. I was so glad you had the same reaction at first. I thought it, I might've been too harsh. Now we're back to Danielle. Okay, so Danielle, Danielle, oh, Danielle. Okay, let me pull her back up. So <clears throat> Danielle's gonna finish out her school year because she's a teacher, she has to finish out the year um, before she makes her move to the Dominican Republic. So in the meantime, because she is, you know, packing up her stuff and getting ready to go to the DR, she's meeting up with her friends, Sandra and Lizette. And we met Sandra and Lizette on Danielle's season of Love in Paradise, the second season. So she tells Sandra and Lizette that she's moving there permanently and They're like, you're leaving your whole life. You're you're leaving your your company, your schooling, your apartment, your car, all the things for those maletas to the DR. That's it. And she's like, yeah. And they're like, what are you gonna do there? And she's like, I'm gonna you know go to the beach. And you know you could tell that her friends are more like analytical thinkers and they're looking at her sideways and I was looking at her like oh lord they are not feeling your I'm going to go to the beach answer so they're like but what are you going to do financially and then Danielle says well I'll just go to the beach and eat mangoes <laughs> her friends are like oh so let me get this straight you're going to be eating mangoes every day for the rest of your life that's it you're just going to eat mangoes and then She's like, well, you know, I could teach Zoom. I could do yoga online. 
And they're like, okay, that's good for one day. What are you going to do for the rest of the six other days in the week? Like, what are you going to do? You know, vacationing, which I say all the time too, is totally different than living somewhere. Having a vacay bay is totally different than marrying that vacay bay. And then picking up your life and moving, like y'all have to have a plan. Oh, that just brought a tear to my eye. And I appreciate that, Monica, because honestly, I am trying to learn and I know nothing about it, but I, I want to learn. And between uh, the Aprils and the Kyries out there, we're going to all learn together. Um, so Monica says, this conversation about trans people is so encouraging because it's all about respect, understanding, kindness, and the desire to learn more. Linda, you and your audience are the best. I really do appreciate you saying that um, because we're, I'm trying and I love that uh, my viewers are open and trying and we're all learning together. And, you know, at the end of the day, you guys, we're all on this life journey together and I, I do really think that the more we know, the better we are and the better we can treat people. So that being said, going back to Danielle eating mangoes on the beach with no financial plan. Her friends are like, okay. I get you're in love. I get you want to have like a more simple lifestyle, but how are you going to afford it? And then when she said that she was just going to manifest it, I fell out. But because I do believe in manifesting, you guys, I really do believe in manifesting, but um, you can't just, you have to put the work in too. Like you have to manifest, but you also have to put in the steps to manifest those things. You can't just be on the beach eating mangoes saying, okay, I'm going to manifest a job. I'm going to manifest a job. I'm going to manifest a job. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's how it works, but I could be wrong. So as soon as she said that her friends are freaking out, they're looking at her crazy. Like you have no plan besides the mangoes in the beach. Meanwhile, you've, you've spent 15 years of your life trying to establish yourself and you've established a business and you've established that you're a teacher and you know you're giving everything up and life her friend this is the, my favorite line of the episode life is more than sundresses and walking barefoot on the beach yes sandra yes you're right <laughs> but that didn't face Danielle. Danielle's like, you know what? I'm not like Sandra and Lizette. I don't concern myself about the what ifs. You don't concern yourself about the what ifs. What if you two end up being homeless because he can't afford anything and now you ain't got no job, you ain't got no home, you ain't got no stability, you don't even know anyone out there and you ain't doing shit but eating mangoes on the beach? What if you end up homeless? What if you end up with no food on the table? What if, what if, what if, what if? I think it's time to start concerning yourself about the what ifs, Danielle, because you're in a whole different environment. Had you just been in New York City, 
doing your day to day, which you already know, then yeah, you don't have to worry about the what ifs because you already know what the what ifs are, but you're picking up with no, like, Hey, this is my short-term long-term plan. And the plan that you have, you switched it up and you didn't even tell your husband you switched it up. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. So Johan thinks that they're coming to the U.S. and thinks that she's just moving down to the Dominican Republic for a maximum of a year while they wait for her spousal visa to come in. But guess what? Oh, let me get my red pens out again. Okay. I'm waving them like red flags because guess what? She hasn't even applied for the spousal visa. Oh, and guess what? She hasn't told him. She hasn't told her husband that, oh, I'm moving, I'm leaving everything in New York City, change of plans, I'm not applying for the spousal visa, I don't wanna live in New York City anymore, I wanna live in the Dominican Republic, so that's where we're gonna live. Her friends are like, does Johan know that? And she's like, well, I mean, I didn't not tell him, but does he know? Well, I think he knows, he might know, maybe he doesn't know, he doesn't know y'all trust and believe he doesn't know. So she's solely deciding their future as a newly married couple. And I mean, I'm not surprised because here we are, like, let's make good choices. You know, I can't be judgy, judgy on that because I've made some shitty choices in life as well sometimes, but you're marrying someone that you barely know, or you married someone you're ba you barely knew. And now you're making decisions for the both of you that can affect both of your futures. I just don't think that's fair. And I am a big proponent of communicating with your, your partner. And you guys know I say that all the time. Um, yeah, I said the same thing. By the way, she told him that she wanted to live in the Dominican Republic this whole time uh, while she was on Love in Paradise, but he didn't want to hear her. And I think both of them didn't want to hear each other. So I think that that part is true. So she's slowly deciding the future and they're like her friends, Sandra and Lizette are like, listen, you're giving up your community, your friendships, your pension, your life, your apartment, all the things like, are you sure you want to do this? And she's all in, like she literally is all in. And I think it was Amanda who said, I think that she just, yeah. Amanda says, I think she just doesn't want to work, which is like, duh, no one does. All right, so their problems are going to be, A, they don't communicate, B, they're going to have some financial issues guaranteed, and C, they both are looking at life from different lenses, in my opinion. I think that she wants to chill and he wants to grind. So we'll see what happens. Okay, next up is Jamie. Now, I'm just going to tell you this off the bat, y'all, okay? When I was introduced to Jamie, like, here, I was like, oh, she seems sweet, right? But we, she's 30. She's from, she lives in Colombia. Uh, she's, we meet her trying on lingerie, and I'm assuming she's trying on lingerie in preparation for her partner to arrive. But I could be wrong. And why I could be wrong is because Jamie, to me, seems a little messy. 
I think Jamie's going to be problematic out the gate. Sorry, not sorry for saying that. I think she's going to be 100% problematic. I think she's not being honest with herself or with her partner. And I think she's messy. And I think she's going to be stay and do messy the whole season. That is just my vibe. That is just my gut instinct. And my gut is often right. So she left Venezuela five years ago. On one of the or a couple of the reasons she says that she left is because there was no opportunity and no jobs. And uh, she says that in Venezuela, there are problems with gay relationships and they're not as open as they are in Colombia. So she moved to Colombia for more opportunity and for jobs and for how open they are with same sex relationships. So she feels more comfortable in Colombia. And then she says that she's a lesbian. She's been a lesbian. Today she'll be a lesbian. Tomorrow she'll be a lesbian. Next month she'll be a lesbian. She's a lesbian. Now, okay. So again, I don't mean to offend anyone. And if I'm wrong, then you tell me we're all learning together. I'm just sharing what I'm thinking and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But she says that she never had an orgasm with men and that she doesn't like having sex with men. And so her friends are like, oh, you need to go to therapy. So she goes to therapy and she's just talking about women. And her therapist is like, do you think you're a lesbian? And then basically it was like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, that's exactly what's, what she felt. Now, I don't know if that's how it goes. I, I This is the first time I'm hearing this story. From my understanding, people feel like they, I don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like they were born the way they were born. And so I guess my confusion here is, how come someone else had to ask you if you were a lesbian for you to realize that you were a lesbian? Wouldn't, isn't it like an internal thing that you feel and you know? Anyways, that's the part that I was just like, I don't really understand, but maybe one of you guys can can shed some light on it. I just thought it was weird that a third party can t tell you you're a lesbian and you'd be like, yeah, I'm a lesbian. So she's never told her parents. Uh, they are very conservative. And they will think it's not normal. And uh, so she hasn't told them. And I was like, well, you better tell them sooner than later because they're going to watch this show and see it. And so are you going to have that conversation? So <clears throat> we find out, too, that Jamie has never had an official girlfriend. She met Chris on an international dating site. And so, again... Here's where I feel like there's going to be a problem for these two. So you have two people who have never been in a same-sex long-term relationship. They've neither. So they have no experience in it. None whatsoever. Neither of them. Okay. And they haven't met in real life. So yeah, it's great that you've had this online relationship for a year. It's great that Chris has been sending you money because you caught COVID and couldn't work. And it's great that you FaceTime and have all the fun online. But guess what? Chris, who is a parent of two, is going to pick up her life and move to you. And meanwhile, Chris doesn't have any experience either. Like the two of you, like, and you're going to, I just don't get it. Like, I could just never do it. I could never do it. Are you guys going to get married nine days after Chris arrives when neither of you two have any experience in long-term relationships? Okay. 
Natatat says, having your therapist tell you you're gay. Now that is ridiculous. Storyline sharp entertainment. Kyrie says, I think people are usually bogged down in heteronormativity and just assuming they're straight, that if they aren't introduced to the idea, they don't always consider it. And then Lisa says, a re-person telling someone they are LGBTQ+, especially since she grew up in an environment very negative to folks in that community. Makes sense it wouldn't be on her radar at all. Okay. And then April says, thank you, Kyrie. Much better explanation than I did. Certain environments don't allow people to know themselves in that way. Kyrie, you might have to come on the show too because I don't even know what that means. So, okay, also what they're doing, she said, is very stereotypically lesbian. They're U-hauling. What is U-hauling? I got a lot to learn. Okay. So that's just my take on it. So my take still, and I'm learning you guys, so bear with me, but two people who've never met, who've never ever been in a same-sex long-term relationship, to me, it does not sound like a good idea. Even if they were heterosexual, y'all haven't met in real life. You guys don't know the ins and outs of each other. I don't care what, what, who you love. It doesn't make sense because how can you love that person? You don't even know them. And then you're going to get married nine days later. How could, listen, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Amanda says, I was like nine days. Wow, that's a long engagement. April says, lesbians be in full-on blended families and 2.5 business days. <laughs> Listen, what do I know then? I guess nine days is enough time, y'all. Okay, so... Here's why I'm gonna I'm saying Jamie is gonna be 100 percent problematic this season. Okay, so she's FaceTiming with her friends, Maria and Andrea. That doesn't really matter, okay? She one of the things we do learn about Jamie is that she says she has no friends in Colombia. All her friends are back in Venezuela. And I'm like, you've been in Colombia for five years and you don't have any friends. That's a red flag to me. But I mean, that's that's a whole other conversation. So she's video chatting with Maria and Andrea about Chris and how she's excited. Chris is coming down soon. They're getting married, all the things. Woo, woo, woo. And then we find out that Chris ghosted her for a little bit. She went missing, didn't call Jamie for like 20 days. And so Jamie was upset, depressed, all the things. We find out that her grandma died during this time. And so she didn't know what was going on. And then Chris just reappeared on her birthday and with no other explanation. And so she has a tendency to like take off. That's according to Jamie. Okay. Now, meanwhile, Jamie, while Chris ghosted her, went back online and met another woman from Texas who she was exchanging messages with for like a month. 
But then Chris and Jamie got back together. And so here we are. It's messy, a messy, a messy, a messy. And we're going to get to that mess shortly. Um, we go back to Danielle. And it's her fly day. She's flying to the DR. And this is her final trip. She's going to spend a week in the DR before she makes the official move. Her and Johan have to talk about where they're going to live, their finances, jobs, kids. And she mentions that Johan still thinks that they're going to be moving to the U.S. and they're only going to be staying in the DR for a short amount of time. And he doesn't know that she has, quote, no plans on ever coming back to New York City. Now, here's the thing, you guys. Like, okay, you hate New York. I get it. I get it. You you hate it. You're tired of the hustle and bustle. But, like, isn't America, like, a whole country? Could you not live somewhere else where it wasn't, you know, the concrete jungle? Like, couldn't you go to, I don't know, Timbuktu, Ohio? get a nice place for a couple hundred thousand and like slow it down and just do like your yoga studio, eat, pray, love. And then he could like work on his English and he can get a job doing whatever it is. Like he opened up a restaurant in DR. So maybe like that's his, his calling. Like maybe he's a chef or whatever. So like he could start a, a like a Dominican restaurant, right? People listen, white people love that stuff. Because they're not familiar. So it's like, hey, let's go get some Jamaican patties. Let's get some oxtail and rice. Let's get, you know what I mean? Like, let's get some plantain. Like, they love it because they don't have it. So I'm just saying, like, I get New York is like New York, the pinnacle of America. But there are a lot of other places you can live in America. So she is almost in the DR and we go to Johan, who's 32, uh, from La Romana. And he says that, you know, he comes from a very humble, hardworking people. He doesn't speak English fluently yet, but he understands a few words and he's teaching himself English uh, because he wants more opportunities for when they move to the U.S. Because, again, remember, he doesn't know that they're not moving to the U.S., that Danielle has no plans of coming back to the U.S., nor has she filed for the spousal visa. So he's excited that Danielle's arriving. He feels like Danielle's very sweet and loving and sensible and beautiful, and he loves her for who she is. And he brought her little flowers that he picked from the tree, which I thought was super cute. Um, and so they're going to spend this week planning their life together. And boy, oh boy, both of them, both of them are in for some big surprises. Because I'm going to tell you this right now, okay? And I, I heard you guys in the live chat. I believe what I'm going to believe. You're going to believe what you're going to believe. I believe that he's like, listen, if you're not going to take me to America, I'm going to find someone else who does. And the simple fact, I back that up with the fact that he was able to say, hey, guess what? I've seen you from across the way. You look like you're the one. I'll spend two days with you. And I, I'm just going <laughs> to, if I say D-U-D, I hope you guys know what I mean. But I'm spending 
two days with you in DUD, and then you're going to fall in love with me, and then you're going to go, and then you're going to come back on your own dime again, and I'm going to propose to you and DUD again, and you're going to fall more in love with me, and that's why I'll be able to eat like $200 in peanuts, and uh, you pay for my um, wedding outfit, my tuxedo, and you just pay for everything. You rent the car, you do all the things because guess what? You are my spanky. What is it? My sanky panky. And you've allowed yourself to be that way so you can now then start complaining. Um, Holloway Legal April says, by the way, spousal visas are running 18 to 26 months behind. So, or just in total, 18 to 26 months. So if you're in the situation, apply sooner than later. So, um, she's changed her mind about the spousal visa and she realizes that Johan's not going to be happy about it. Absolutely, he's not going to be happy about it. But I also think, too, that that's where they're going to be their point of contention. Because if he indeed really loves her, then guess what? It won't be a point of con contention. We can live wherever and just be the two of us, lovey-dovey, soulmates, living in paradise. Or it could be, hey, this is my dream. And by any means necessary, I want to go to the U.S. And if you're not bringing me to the U.S. over a spousal visa, then I'm going to not be married to you and find someone else that is going to allow me to do that. <sighs> we go back to Gabrielle and we learn a little something about Gabrielle here too, that I was like, Oh, Gabrielle is like a little bit of um, a hopeless romantic. Um, because Listen, if you're tattooing every girl that you dated onto your body, it's a little extra for me. It's a little, it's a little like, I don't know, Klingon 2.0. Like it's a little, for me, do you know what I mean? Like for me, like, did y'all discuss that you're going to tattoo Isabel on your arm, but meanwhile you got Sandra on your neck and Michelle on your, your elbow, like, oh, Gabriel, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Because that is screaming Klingon, Klingon, Kling, Kling, Kling. Or you're a hopeless romantic and you just haven't met the right person. However, I do feel like mm, there's a few red flags here. Why are you paying for Isabel and her entire family already? Why did Isabel move her kids and herself into your apartment? from her parents' place. And where is the parent of those children? And also, why doesn't she have her own place? And I understand that in a lot of cultures, women and even men stay home longer. But, I mean, I don't know if you necessarily stay home with your children. You stay home because you're unmarried and you live at home. But like, she's got two, ki two grown kids, right? 16 and 11. And y'all are all up in mom and dad's house. And then Gabriel comes and Gabriel gets an apartment. And y'all like, yeah, we're, we live there now. <laughs> uh... So he's getting a tattoo of Isabel's name. 
to show her that he's here to stay and his sister Monica comes in and listen, Monica, we need more of Monica because Monica came in and was like, let me just go ahead and lay this whole situation out here. Because what you're not about to do is make foolish, quick, impulsive choices because that's what you always do. And I need to hold you accountable. I was, I was like, listen, go ahead. You're the sister. Preach. Tell, tell him about himself. So Gabriel says that him and Monica's sister bump heads all the time. And it's because she tells him how it is. That's what he said. That's what I'm saying. So Monica is like, so I see you're getting Isabel's name tattooed on you. Are you going to get rid of the other girlfriend's name? And so what are you getting this tat for? Are you getting this tattoo so you can prove that you love her like you love the other girl's name on the back of your neck? And like, why do you always move these girls in? Like you've lived with like how many, two, three different girls? And not only that, you've moved some of them into our mama's house. Monica's like, you know, Gabriel's, impulsive and it's exhausting and gabriel's like no this is different she's the one i can feel it she's the one she's the one she's the one and monica is like just dropping truth bombs she's like well what about her kids didn't you say that you'd never do it again didn't you say you never wanted to date a woman who had kids and how many kids does she have she has two how old are they and Gabriel's like, oh, it's different. It's different because they're older and I won't have to like babysit them and come to find out that one's 16 and one's 11. 11 is not grown, by the way. 11 is 11. <laughs> that is still a child. <sighs> Gabrielle tries to say, well, it's totally different because, you know, she takes care of her kids. And Monica's like, so what does that mean? That you're not going to help her? And no, I'll help. I'll help. But she takes care of her own kids. And then Monica drops another truth bomb and says, but you pay the bills. So who's providing for whom? <laughs> all, all Gabriel could say was Isabel is different. Listen, that sounds like it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy because what what are Isabel's intentions? And why is why is the foreigner always providing? Like, okay, let me not even say that. I'm just saying that y'all need to have the conversations about, about monies. Y'all need to have the conversations about sex. Y'all need to have a conversation about children. Y'all need to have a conversation about faith or religion or whatever, your higher power, all the things. Because if you don't, and one person is doing one thing and the other person is doing another thing, this fool over here hasn't applied for the spouse's visa. This fool over here has all his hopes and dreams of to come to America, to live the American dream. This fool over here said he never wanted to have a girlfriend with kids. This fool over here rolls up with two kids. This fool over here is marrying someone that she's never met in real life 
after nine days, even though she's never been in a same-sex relationship. This fool over here is going to go ahead and say, yes, oh, by the way, I had COVID, send me money. Oh, but by the way, I have no friends here, even though I've lived here for five years. And also, too, um, I've never been in a same-sex relationship. So, like, let's, yeah, let's all just get married. Let's all just get married within the week. No problems here. Nothing to see here. No red flags. Uh, good night, Christina. Rump on the replay. Okay, back to Chris. We find out that Chris um, bought a dream home and then lost everything in a fire. But Chris seems like a little enterprising. I'm, I'm interested to see a little bit more of her storyline because... She bought three apartments that she is turning into one big home that she wants to rent out and she wants to make it like a cool interior, I don't know what, but house. And she also owns the home next door to the three apartments that she's turning into a big house. So she technically owns three apartments and a house. And so she's going to rent out or she's selling her house next door on a rent to own basis, which y'all, I am not um, a real estate agent, but I just feel like that rent to own situation is not a good idea. You really need to read the fine print because you'll be renting for your life. But that's just what I think. Um, But it sounds to me like she's, you know, quite business-minded and, you know, we find out that not only is she like property owner, but she was a manager of a large shipping company as well as she did security for a school. And so she's really used to like hustling and bustling and being on the grind. And so she's a little bit fearful that she now has no job and the income from the rental is what's going to have to sustain her while she's in Columbia. Fast forward to her mom. Uh, you know, she came up to her mom and it was a big surprise that not only was she for the mom that not only is Chris going to Columbia, but that she's going to Columbia to marry a female. Uh, but she's like, you know what? It's not my place to judge. I love her for who she is. And um, even though I'm like ultra conservative, that's still my child and I'm still gonna love her regardless. I thought that part was beautiful. Um, <clears throat> then, cause Chris is super complex. Not only is she, you know, um, property owner and a manager and security and likes cosplay and you know has two kids single mom all the things like there's so much about chris but she also has narcolepsy uh which is a sleep disorder she said that creates memory problems for her and sleeping spells and her body doesn't know like when the proper time is to sleep and when the type proper time is to be awake and um, so that's going to be something that Jamie and her are going to have to talk about and, you know, learn to cope with in the relationship. Then we find out that she's been sending Jamie money. This is why I told you that I think Jamie's going to be problematic because also remember, y'all haven't met. So, and Jamie, for the simple fact that Jamie says she has no friends in Columbia. And so the person that you meet that you've known the least because you've never met in real life, that's the first person you go ask for money. That doesn't make sense. So, um, Chris has been sending Jamie 
money on the regular. And I just have to do this real quick. Um, I think it's this one. Yes. Yes. We'll talk about this shortly. So as she was sending money to Jamie, she finds out from, quote, this is what I thought was funny, because this is how they even put it on the screen. She finds out from, quote, the other woman that there's another woman that Jamie was talking to who is from Texas. And this Texan is saying, hey, Chris, do you know that Jamie's using you for your money? And this is what this person wrote. And I'm going to try to read it even though I cut it off. The other woman from Texas says, I have a question. I met Jamie on a international dating app. We started talking at the end of June. She asked me to be her girlfriend. I looked her up on Facebook and I see she just posted she was in a relationship with you. Just wondering, what's the deal with that? I do have proof to back up what I'm saying. Then Chris says to Jamie, you're a cheater and use people. And then Jamie says, it's a lie. Tell her to send you a picture of the conversation. And then Chris says, I have plenty of pics with the mad emoji times two. And then Jamie says, she has her aha moment, right? Because maybe the money's going to be gone. Maybe, you know, um, this little scam that she's got going on is going to end. So Jamie says, I do not ask you to forgive me or forget it. I ask you to allow me to make amends for my mistake. I'm begging you. <sighs> okay. Okay. Messy. Jamie, Jamie is going to be problematic. I'm calling it from episode one. She's going to be problematic. I'm throwing it out there right now. So is it a scam? We'll find out. The last part of this, the show goes back to Danielle and Johan. And she's waiting to tell Johan about her permanent move to the Dominican and that she doesn't want a temporary apartment. She wants a forever apartment. And that's what they're going to have to look for. And that's when she tells him, I don't want to ever go back to the U.S. I want to live in the Dominican Republic forever. Look at the ocean. It's beautiful. Look at the trees. It's beautiful. A life of sun, family, and peace. That's what I want. I am dreaming of never going back to New York City. Not ever. And he's looking at her and he's like, that's not what you told me. You told me that you wanted to find a place temporarily and that you put in for the spells of visa, all the things. So like, what are you saying right now? He's super calm. Okay. When he's saying this and you know, my dream is to go to America and I don't want to live in the DR. I've lived here all my life. That's what he's saying. She says, well, you don't even know what the American dream is because you can't even speak English. So you won't get a good job that pays you well. And you know what? It's not going to work because you don't really know how it is. My apartment costs $4,000 and that doesn't even include my car or my car insurance, uh, food, water, heat, all the things. 
your dream is not real, she says. The American dream is not real. Uh, let's go ahead and break his heart. She's not wrong, right? Because oftentimes people do think that, you know, the American dream is super attainable for everyone. But there are a lot of people that are struggling, living paycheck to paycheck, yada, yada, yada. But that's a whole other conversation. What Danielle did do is she's like, guess what? You ain't doing all of that. We're not about to be on the grind anymore. She's 42 and she wants to live the rest of her life just chilling and chilling and what is the saying? Chilling and Max Millen or whatever it is. I don't know. You know what I mean? Anyways, you guys, they came in with a bang. I'm all for it. I'm all in. I'm invested in all the characters. And yet we haven't even met all of them yet. Can't wait. For the last two couples that we're going to meet as well. Because these fools right here. Let me see if I can pull that back up. These fools right here. They're coming in. And they're coming in with all the bangs. Uh, so we haven't met. Who have we not met? We have yet to meet. These two. Debbie and Usama, okay? Y'all already know that they're going to be the messiest of all. The messiest of all. I don't even know what Usama's issue is, but I'm telling you right now, I'm already side-eyeing him. When I saw the preview for next week, I'm side-eyeing him. This fool right here, he needs his mama and not Debbie, his real mama, to come on onto the screen and explain to us who exactly this fool is right here. Because he looks like a big child to me, in my opinion. But yet, I have yet to meet him. But looking at him, I'm looking at him sideways. And then, uh, we also haven't met these two. Nicole and Mohammed. Now, they're going to be messy too. Nicole, just come on back to America. Go ahead and live your highfalutin fashion lifestyle. Masama is not, Muhammad, Muhammad is not about to live that life. He is like, I am the man. I am the man. You are the woman. You will live how I tell you to live. All right, that's it. You guys, don't forget to like and subscribe. I'm excited. I think I'm just super excited because it's all new people and all their drama is just like outrageous, like super outrageous, red flags all over the place. Uh, I'll be back in an hour because I'm also obsessed with, and I know you guys are all mad at Milf Manor, but that show is wild, like wild, y'all, wild. Can you imagine, let me just throw this out here. Could you imagine going on a double date with your parent? Because I know I could, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I could go all out with my family. We all hang out and I'm with my partner and you're with your partner, but not a double date that we planned. That's all supposed to be sexy and y'all are drinking. They do a lot of drinking on the show. And I'll tell you something right now. You guys remember being in university and like going out and making poor choices because maybe you've had a few extra drinks. Well, just take that, put it in spring break and put spring break in Mexico and then bring your moms there and see what that looks like. All right, you guys, I'll see you in an hour. And for those of you that I won't see you in an hour, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.